he's referred to as the man in the back of the room and introduced as the voice of God. He's told U.S. presidents where to sit, given Tony and Grammy award-winning celebrities direction, and lectured scads of students. But as he likes to point out, the event entertainment expert you don't know, you don't know, Anthony Bellata. And Bellatified. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 42. This is Bolotified, the one and only podcast about event entertainment and engagement. You know, the sometimes dazzling, sometimes tragic world that we live in. I'm Anthony Bolotta, and uh, I am your uh, Bolotified host, along with Alex Apostolides, my one and only Bolotophile. Hey, kid. Hello, y'all. You may be hearing me talk with a little bit of a draw because I've been in the South a lot lately. Oh, in fact, she's in the South right now. I am. I am in Atlanta. Well, I'm just outside of Atlanta in Snellville. I'm in Sn- Snellville, Georgia. Snellville. Mm-hmm. I've heard of Snellville. Now, what is Snellville famous for? I. That's a really good question. I don't know. This particular trip has not been about seeing a whole lot, but there are some beautiful plantations nearby. In fact, the last time I was here, I went to the plantation that was the inspiration behind Gone with the Wind. Oh, really? Yeah, very small, but pretty. But yeah, this this trip. So I don't know. I mean, that's a good question. I'm going to have to, when we're done here, I'm going to have to ask my cousin what to see if she knows what Snellville is famous for. Well, it is a very interesting name. I'm curious to know what it's named for as well. So do. you think you, I would have looked that up, but I didn't. No, you know, I'm I'm uh, I would like to say that Snellville is a place where everybody is proud to be somebody. But I think that might be because there are so few people in Snellville that it is easy to be somebody. Could that be it right? Is, yeah. I think, although I think it's a little bigger than maybe we're anticipating because I'd never heard of Snellville until my cousin moved here, you know, Rhode Island and then lived on the West Coast forever mm-hmm. and then moved to, to I think, 17 years ago, they moved here. Um, but ironically, I'm maybe not ironically, I met another friend about 10 years ago whose then husband's family is from Snellville. So I'm, well, I guess it must be bigger than I thought. Well, it's about 20,000 people big. That's small. Yeah, kind of. I mean, con- comparatively. It's pretty. I will tell you. It's a cross between Rhode Island and Seattle. It looks a bit colonial. It is. Is, there, is it? Yeah, yep. it, it does appear that way. And um, it is it warm today there now? Is it is it humid? Is it humid AF? It's humid AF. Today's been the worst day. So my cousin has the, the sweetest, sweetest, big, big Labrador named Spencer. And Spencer's got me wrapped around his little paw. And so this morning, you know, well, not this morning, around 10, 30, 11, he needed to go out and I took him and he wanted to walk as well. And it was oppressive today. I got to say the heat was the humidity was oppressive. Did he sweat? I don't know. That's a good crop to ask him. I didn't see, you know, you would think because he's a big dog and he's got a little bit of a thicker coat than you normally see with labs. And uh, 
Oh, he must be miserable or he's used to it. You know, you do, you do acclimate. I imagine the dogs do too. Although our little Lucy would be huffing and puffing for sure. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't think one. Lucy, Lucy's a, a delicate flower. I don't think she would like this too much. No. So have you been to the community garden yet? No, not, no, not. And I, I can't remember the last time I was here was 2012. That was a oh. trip for pleasure this time not so much so there hasn't been any any sightseeing no no other than going out to dinner uh for my cousin's birthday on friday night and then after i'm here for memorial after the memorial on saturday we went to this new little it's called haunt station it's a big huge it looks a lot like liberty station only oh. much wider and much bigger it has that feel and we walked around for a little bit but honestly i was kind of helping my my cousin, she's a little bit older. So I was trying to help her. And so I wasn't really sightseeing at all. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're there in a supportive capacity yeah. right now, mm -hmm. uh, visiting your 84 year old cousin who God bless lives alone in this house. Yeah. Yeah. She lives alone. We have some other family in right now as well, who came in and, you know, as I mentioned, it was a, it was a hard year for her. She lost a brother, a son and a husband within seven months last year so she's just happy to have me here yeah yeah she needs family around her now more than ever especially me because i'm her favorite well of course you are i throw that in i'm her favorite she loves me i would say somebody's gonna love me best she does good good damn it <laughs> but don't you get any ideas now you're not moving to the snellville now mm -hmm. i don't care how favorite you are no, I'm trying to get her out to me, but the 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 opposite will not happen. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. So well, it would not be a good thing for anybody. Snellville now has 20,078. <laughs> In just the last two minutes? <laughs> Citizens know if you move there. <laughs> <laughs> So today we have somebody that we uh, we've only just met, but um, has an important message to share with the those of us who are in the event world. So um, why don't you tell the fine people out there in listening land who we have? Well, in addition to being my new best friend, which I think we have established, she is the sales and marketing professional who came into the industry in 1997. She's the founder and CEO of Washington, D.C.-based Bravo Events and an award-winning event planner. And her clients, some of her clients, she has many, include Google, AARP, Innova. Is it Innova or Innova? It's Innova, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, thank you. She is also the president of the board of directors of the Alive Events Coalition, the Live Events Coalition, which is very important. I know we're going to talk about that. And an advisory board member for both BizBash and Special Event Magazines. Please welcome the beautiful, and again, my new best friend, Nancy Schaefer. Hi, Nancy. Nancy, it's so good to have you with us. It's hot out there, isn't it? Welcome to Washington, D.C. in August. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm awaiting the thunderstorm. It's, mm -hmm. it's out there brewing, but it didn't come yet. So we'll oh, see. Oh, 
I love those summer thunderstorms. I miss them so much. We so got I'm, one clack of thunder while, because I'm in Atlanta right now. We got one clack of thunder the other day. I was really hoping for something big. We, we've had a few big ones, but, you know, growing up in California, I didn't know what a thunderstorm was. Mm-hmm. I grew up in Northern California, right? Right. And so we would, the first time I saw one here, I look out the window from my desk. I was working for Merrill Lynch because at one point I thought I should be a stockbroker. Yeah, not so much. And I looked out the window, the sky's open and it pours. And I'm like, oh, it's going to be a pain. I don't know. An hour later, we went out to lunch. The streets were dry. There was no sign of rain anywhere. And I'm like, I saw it. What happened? And they went, well, that's a thunderstorm. And I'm like, what's that? (laughs) I grew up in California in San Diego. I'm a native, but I grew up in the mountains in San Diego. So um, fall lightning showers were common and the best and my favorite thing. And I miss them so much. Okay. So pretty cool to watch. Since we're sharing, I grew up in (laughs) Miami beach, North Miami beach, where thunderstorms were like in the summer, a daily occurrence, you know? And um, so I miss those being in California now, like terribly i miss them so much in fact i just got calm on my phone and that's what i fall asleep to now it's not thunderstorm so much as just rain on a window okay because i'm like thunderstorms i'm not sure i would call calm but northern california could use some rain my mm-hmm. brothers just called me um from my mother's memorial bench which is at the base of cesar chavez park in oakland because today is the 50th anniversary of my father's passing. So they called and said, we're going to go to mom's bench and we're going to call you. And I'm like, okay. Wow. So dry. It was mind boggling. Yes. You're doing the math. I'm trying to unpack that statement. It was just so chock full of (laughs) questions for me. The fact that first of all, your father has been gone for 50, years did you did I hear that right mm-hmm. you were a child I was I was 13 my father was 37 years old my mother was 37 and she was a widow with three children god bless oh my goodness so what next what happened she you know look um she did remarry um she remarried my stepfather who she proceeded to tell him that I just need you to know that Anatole was the love of my life. <laughs> just so you know. So we're That's straight. So we're clear. Jewish brothers do. They right. tell the truth. That's um, what you got to love them for. Uh-huh. And he out, he, Dan has outlived her um, because she died when she was 65. And that was so, his comeuppance. Okay. And then at, I'll, I'll, I'll outlive you. That's the way at 63. I believe I have about two more years to go. So it's always, so 37 was a really traumatic year for me. Right. 65 will probably be the same. I'm right there with you. I'm the age my mom was. So once I get past September 5th, I'll take a big sigh. Exactly. Wait, why September 5th? That's the day she died. She was my age and she died September 5th, 1991. And so I just need to get past September 5th. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I'll take a wow. sigh, of, take a sigh of relief. It, it's not a logical 
No, it's fear isn't logical at all. Right. But it's totally emotional. And, you know, you just kind of go, wait, um, why, why did that happen? Now I do joke. I did not grow up in a uh, religious household. I grew up in an atheist household that was very Jewish, which is a whole nother story in itself. If that causes confusion. Culturally Jewish. My ex-husband's the same way. 100%. And, um, which is like my, you know, my mishpuka here. Absolutely. <laughs> right. And okay. so I asked my mom after my dad died, I don't understand why God takes the good ones. Because when my father died, Nixon was in office. Fifty <laughs> 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 years later and lots of loss in my life, I realized if there is a God, and I believe there's something out there, because I don't think we would do this to ourselves. Um, I figured it out. They don't want the jerks. They're leaving the jerks for us. That's right. That's, <laughs> right. That's when people ask me if I believe in hell. I'm like, yes, it's called Earth. <laughs> well, yeah, we could keep going with these funnies because yes, we'll probably switch it up now. huh? <laughs> somebody said, Nancy, I said it's hot as Hades. And they wrote me something and said it was hot as Hades and it was H-A-D-E-S. And I said, Diana, you misspelled it. It's H-A-I-T-I. She goes, what are you talking about? I said, hot as Hades. She said, Hades. I said, yeah, Hades. We went back and forth for a good 20 minutes. She said, Nancy, it's hell. And I'm like, oh, Jews don't have hell. So that whole concept just like, I'm like, what? So for you, it really is about Haiti being so hot, which it is. (laughs) You have a point there. Oh my goodness. Well, let's, um, let's transition from the dead to the live. I like that. And talk about the fact that we're live and we're here. And we're part of the events world and uh, we needed some advocacy. So voila, in 2020, a year of crapola for many of us, for all of us in this industry. And you can probably tell us the, the, the percentages. Um, you know, business went to crap. People got together and decided that we needed some advocacy. Advocacy which is harder to do than it is to say, and it's not easy to say. Um, And the Live Events Coalition was birthed. So tell us, what is it? What is it going to do? Where are we going with this puppy of a thing? Exactly. Yeah. So the Live Events Coalition had an interesting birth. Um, The founder, Isaac Rothwell, is, um, oh, you might be able to hear the thunder. Um, Isaac Rothwell woke up on March 13th. He has a AV company and went, what the, you know, what, mm-hmm. what am I going to do? They have shut everything down. It's not even, we might cancel. It's nope. You are shut down. You are locked down. You're not allowed to do anything. Can and you he tell us where he's from quickly? Isaac is from, um, the Chicago area. Great. Okay. And I'm the sorry, name of his company was Digerati. Digerati. And so what ultimately happened was he didn't know what to do. And like many of us, we did, what do you do? We didn't have an association in this industry. We have lots of networking groups and some educational groups, but nothing that would advocate for our industry. So he wrote a petition on change.org. 
and went to sleep. He said, I feel better. It was him and a couple of his colleagues. He said, I feel better now I've done something. I don't know what's going to happen. Well, he woke up the next morning and there were 10,000 signatures on that. Wow. And in addition to that, people started to reach out to him to say, wait, what can we do? What can we do? And coalitions started to kind of be created throughout the country. I happened to be in DC and I was sitting on the DC Events Coalition board, which was really started as seven colleagues kind of getting together and having a support group. I laughed, I said, it's like what my mom used to have with the women's groups that would get together <laughs> and they would support one another. Yeah. And that's really what right. we did. They call and them book circles now, right? Yeah, these were all competitors, right? And they came together in a time of, of trauma <laughs> and devastation to support one another. So I'm sorry. So I'm sorry. So did that also start with COVID or was that something that had already? Okay, great. So all of these coalitions pretty much started with COVID. There was one in Colorado. There was one in Oregon. There was ours. And there were a few others. And so I was asked because the other person who was involved got too busy. So I was asked, would I sit in on the coalition calls for national? And, you know, we laugh 18 months later. It was anybody who was anybody who wanted sure. to could come help. Sure. But there was there was no form to it. We didn't know what we were doing. We're event professionals. We plan <laughs> momentary experiences, right? We don't plan something long-term. We don't build a big business. And the more I got involved, um, the deeper I got, the more um, I said, many of the original folks were not event planners they were more in the other verticals and I finally said guys we we have to have a hierarchy it's not that I want to be the boss or I want anybody else to be the boss but we have to have a hierarchy in any organization you need organization absolutely that's why it's called an organization exactly so there were five of us um I was voted in as president um Isaac did say to me Nance don't you think I should be the president and I said Isaac I adore you but no you're an old white man and no you don't get to be the president (laughs) (laughs) that we needed some female leadership (laughs) and he goes that's a really good point and I said yes it is um and to that point I appreciated the fact and made note of it in my mind when I read the history and saw that he was really kind of the founder Mm -hmm. of the movement but wasn't the president. It says a lot about him. So it was a good move yeah. that he didn't fight you. It was a good move. Yeah. Um, and he didn't fight me at all. And he tells me on a regular basis, it was the best decision we ever made. Right. I, on the other hand, go, oh my God. You're right, but, what did I do? So there were five of us originally. Um, and two of the original members just weren't connecting with the mission and what we wanted to do and left. And we started to grow our board. The board now has 13 people on it. But the reason that we realized there was a need was there was no one advocating. There was nowhere to go. Even in your locales, in your states, if you were looking for grant money, it didn't say live events. It said small businesses. So there was nothing for the 1099 gig worker. There was nothing for the sole proprietor. There was nothing for the W-2 employee who was now unemployed and maybe making unemployment. So we began 
bringing people together. We would meet weekly. And we would do these large calls where we would talk about what the issues are and what it is that we need. Um, we started in March and in July, we contracted with a lobbying firm. They prefer to be called creative advocacy firms, which they are. And we did a communications campaign of Wish I Was There. Um, we created empty events around the country to build awareness. Jacqueline Bernstein did this in New York. She did. So Jackie did hers in Times Square. In Times Square, right. We, we saw did. that. She yeah. got she got she got news. Yeah. She, she did. was she was featured. And we in DC did it on the National Mall and be and we lit it red. Oh. And behind it was the Capitol. It was very wow. Cool. Um, it actually was the cover photo um, that month of Smart Meetings magazine. Nice. And so what began to happen is, is this very, very organic organization came to be. We engaged subject matter. They have guided us. Um, we have been very intimately involved in how we push forward for legislation. So after the first PPP, where they said, okay, you got to bring all your employees back in eight weeks. And we all went, we can't work. That doesn't make sense. Why would we bring employees back to do nothing? So we were involved in getting them to understand that for PPP2, you've got to spread it out. You have to let it cover other things. Um, we were involved in um, some of the discussions over the PUA for the Pandemic Unemployment Assurance for people who were 1099 gig workers and didn't file a W-2, so you don't pay into the system. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't want to say that this is the most important thing, but it is the thing that we have spent the most time doing. And that is building awareness of what the live events industry is. I would, I would have to say, I've been doing this a long time, that the lack of knowledge warrants that it is the most important thing that the coalition is doing. And the fact that you have to go in there and advocate for businesses because our the, it's they're not regular standard right organizational businesses with the natural hierarchy they change on a dime and yeah we needed the advocacy it's even it's even bigger than that we all understand the ecosystem they don't have a clue of the ecosystem so early on i would say okay so remember those flowers that were sitting in the middle of the table at the last gala you went to? Yes. Well, let's backtrack. Our ecosystem employed a designer, a florist, a wholesaler, and a farmer. Right now, the farmer is plowing its fields. The wholesaler has empty shelves. The florist is everywhere we are, as is the designer. And people go, well, I never thought of it that way. And I said, well, where do you think the food comes from that a caterer brings you? Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of what we had to do was unpack that and get people to understand. And they still have a hard time because think about this. And everybody was like, well, look, the restaurant association is getting all of this attention. And I said, well, let me explain two things to you. They've been around for 100 years. Mm -hmm. They have six paid lobbyists. Mm -hmm. And everybody understands what a restaurant is. We've right. all been out, whether it's fast food to fine dining. You walk in, 
you are seated, mm -hmm. you know someone is cooking. They're going to bring you plates. You can figure it out because you've either cooked a meal or you've watched somebody cook a mm -hmm. meal. There's also another thing with that industry, and that is that they're not known for high profit margins. So oh. when business suddenly falters like this, there's a huge possibility they're going to go under very quickly. Mm -hmm. We have that same issue in our world. Mm -hmm. Nobody knew it, though. Nobody knew it, right. Nobody um, knew it. So, I, you know, I love what we do. We create magic. We're storytellers. And we do it in a large group. We are a thousand-piece jigsaw puzzle in this industry. If the upper right-hand corner is a miss, the bottom left-hand corner is a miss, be even if they don't touch because they impact it all. Everything has to be in place. Mm -hmm. But if you think about it, when an attendee comes to any event, a concert, a conference, a gala, a bar, a bat mitzvah, a quinceanera, funerals, anything, it's done. Mm -hmm. I walk in, I either hand you my ticket, I give you my name, and I sit down or I stand up, but it's done. Nobody saw, forget the 12 to 36 to 48 hours of an install. Mm -hmm. Nobody saw the nine months to 18 months that it took us to plan it and figure it out and mm -hmm. all of the different players. And when they get up to leave, it's still exactly like it was. Mm -hmm. So there is no concept about how that happens. Mm -hmm. Our elected officials don't really think through. Mm -mm. You understand when you do a press conference, there's an event professional that brought you the podium, that got the malt box, that made sure the speakers were working properly, that made sure that you back wasn't to the sun or your face mm -hmm. wasn't to the sun or whatever it is. That makes sure the press was there. Mm -hmm. We're invisible. And so what we say to people is, is this was our time to come from behind the curtain. We had, to, we had to open the curtain and come to a place that is really uncomfortable for us. We're not front of house people. We're, we're, we love the magic. We love to see it all come together. And as much as we might want to be there or as a producer, I'm on the floor in a bright red gown, I'm still invisible. That's my job. And so we had to make sure that we all stepped forward, which is what we did. And we made sure that we educated elected officials. Um, there have been some bumps. Um, there was the SVOG um, grant that was passed, which was the Shuttered Venue Operators Grant that was created. Unfortunately, it was created solely for music and entertainment venues. And theatrical yeah. venues, yes. We and were sent initially, that twice. Oh, initially, twice. Yeah. it was only for the buildings. Through the process, it did expand, but it didn't get to any of us. No, right? even even even. Twice I looked at it, uh, Nancy, and because we are an agency, we're a licensed talent agency, but even there, because our talent wouldn't be working in a shuttered venue that fit their description, right? Didn't work for us. Go on. I'm so sorry. It's just, no, it's just, and look, I, I gave kudos to the NEVA team, which is the National Independent Venue Association, who put that yeah. together. Yes. I, I, I said, good for you, but please understand you've created a PR nightmare for the rest of us and for me in particular, because now we have to explain why we were left out. Right. And you're, you're okay. Right. 
um, which again is the segmentation of this industry that is what has caused us so much trouble. Right. Uh, to the point, and, and it did well some serious damage. We were on a call with Senator Schumer, literally Senator Schumer, Dwayne wow. Thomas is the director of government affairs. And he said, sir, I'm Dwayne Thomas. I'm the director of government affairs for the Live Events Coalition. And, um, you know, we were in, we're in bad shape and we really need your support. And he goes, no, 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 I fixed that. And he goes, the shuttered venue grants, the SOS. And he said, sir, thank you for that. But I have to advise you that that's 8% of our industry. Now, I have said, I think that it's far less than 8% of our industry, but it might be 8% of our industry to which Senator Schumer's eyes got really big and went, what? No, 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 that can't be possible. To which Dwayne replied, yes, it can, and we can provide you all of the statistics. Um, so it's been 18 months of even getting state legislation and national legislation to use the term live events, not parties, right. not weddings, live events. We've made progress. We've spoken to in excess of a hundred members of Congress, some of them directly, some of them with their chiefs of staff. We have relationships with them. Um, people know who we are. Good. Right. In a year um, and a half. That's tremendous. It is pretty tremendous. And, and it's tremendous. Yes, yeah. it really is. I mean, there's work to be done, but let's, let's applaud you for the work that's been done. Well, thank you. You know, it, it's, I feel like I'm I'm the the voice and I'm the face a lot, um, but my team is remarkable. They are unbelievable. What the government affairs team does, we tell Dwayne all the time: you can stop being a lighting house owner and become a lobbyist. And he goes, "Oh, I don't know enough." And I'm like, "You know more than most of the lobbyists on the hill, and you've learned it all in 18 months." And you've learned it while you've watched the pain of your business. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a really strong team. There are about four of them on that team, four or five. Um, we've done many, many different petitions. We're about to launch a new one as soon as they come back from recess um, to just kind of remind them that we're not back, that we are reopened, but based on what's going on right now, mm -hmm. that could very quickly impact our industry again, because- Of course, it's you already impacted. A, yeah, how do you have a band on stage that's singing with a mask on? It's already, it's already having its fun with us right now. Those of us who are engaged in events and having to deal with the reoccurrence of this, yeah. We've had, we've watched a lot of the conventions and conferences cancel. Mm -hmm. And what we have determined is it's less about the organizers. They're ready to plow ahead, but the speakers are not willing to come. And the participants and their companies are saying, no, mm -hmm. I can't run the risk of sending you somewhere and you come back with COVID. Um, so it, it's, it's basically Groundhog Day for us. It's kind of PTSD. Remember when we walked into the closing ceremony, that closing party, mm -hmm. our party? Are we talking about this year? Uh -huh. mm -hmm. at, 
special event where mm -hmm. you know that first room where they were flashing all the newsreels and stuff yes and i'm not sure if it was you guys or it was d'angelo and i who went well thanks so much for giving me a little ptsd i don't really need <laughs> to see this yeah i remember but that's really yeah. what it is it's like it's all coming back and that's scary as you know what mm -hmm. It is very frightening for us. Uh, and what's even worse is that here we are in planning mode once again. And to your point, nobody is seeing the work that's being done again. And everyone that we are working with now wants a COVID clause in the contract. So people in our industry now have to be very careful about what kind of contracts we sign and what we agree to in order to keep business going because you can't agree to give everything back if you've worked for something and you've spent time and energy you have to have something that protects you and this is where we are now as you can well imagine and the and the advocacy work that's needed for us is ongoing you know even beyond covid we need we need an organization that isn't profit based because that's basically what we have in our world right now anybody who's in it with a with a show with a convention is it's a profit based entity looking to make money this is not this is a coalition any money that the coalition makes goes directly to sustaining the coalition and advocating for those who are in the coalition, the members, uh, the corporate sponsors, those who are really pushing for this advocacy and for a voice. And that's what this is about. This is what's different about the live events coalition. Correct me if I'm wrong. Nope. I think you're, you're spot on. Do we ultimately want to have a paid staff? Yes. Of course. Um, do we want to be an entity? Yes. Um, our plans are in 2022, we're going to have a conference, an exhibition, a trade show, so that everybody can come together. Um, in terms of contracts, one of my big issues is contracts and insurance. And I want our, you know, we're an industry of creatives. We're not really an industry of business people. And so sometimes people get themselves in big trouble because of that. So we have a three-part series starting in September. I don't have the exact dates. That's all about law. We have three different lawyers that are going to speak to us. Um, two, I'm not sure about the third, but I think she is as well. All are from the events industry. So it's not a... a right. It's not a, maybe this is going to apply, right? right. Some they, of it's going to yeah. apply, right? They totally get it 100%. And so the concept is, is that the first one is kind of legal 101. What you need to know, what needs to right. be in your contract, and, you know, again, what you said is you have to make sure I don't have an issue with the COVID clause. I have an issue if what you believe your COVID clause is, is that if it's if your event is next week and I have just spent 80, 100, 1000 hours doing everything to get it ready. And you tell me you want all your money back. Yep. Then basically you're not paying me for my services. Right. You wouldn't get an attorney's money back. You wouldn't get an accountant's money back. Right. We're we're not um, we're not service providers. There's nothing wrong with service providers. No. Everybody needs the HVAC tech that's going to come in and fix my 
air conditioning and change my filter. That's not what we are. We're not a transaction-based industry. Some of our, our elements are and our verticals are, but as a whole, we are developing an experience and that experience is gonna last and the impact we hope will last long after they leave. Mm -hmm. So we're professional services. You know, there's the battle that people talk about it. Well, that, that group over there said that they'd do it for 2,500 and you're telling right. me you're 25,000. And my response is, okay. Yeah, do you exactly. Want the surgeon who just got out of medical school cutting you open, or do you want the surgeon who's been doing it for 25 right. years? Because we are not an industry that uh, has a lot of uh, regulation around it either. So, not at all. To your point. Mm -hmm. It's the grab bag. And this is where the awareness is so important because we can't be protected until everybody understands the level, the complexity of what we do, the steps, the hours, the manpower. You know, I think they understand it. I mean, I think our clients understand it. Oh, our clients. But you're right. The politicians need to understand. Right. right. I, I do want to ask you, though, going back to the coalition and some future plans that you have, I'm going to ask you to promise me, and you've only known me a few months, that we're not, this is not going to become a profit-making venture. Because I can promise, then, I please, can promise you that. Because but that's going to make it worthless. When we started this organization, and we started in March, and we did not launch membership until July, and there was lots of discussions internally about that. And they didn't, you know, there were people that were like, we cannot charge membership. And we're like, well, you got a problem. We can't charge membership, but we have bills and we have lobbyists and they're not cheap. And we knew that there are people in the industry that are doing better than others, but we knew that a big chunk of our industry was truly suffering. Um, we asked for case studies and people, there's one that sticks with me and I quote it all the time. I've had a business for 40 years. I had to sell my house, move in with my in-laws, and I will be lucky if I can survive another month. Heartbreaking. Yeah. But when we first started, we started because it was going to be a six-month membership. It was $25. We figured everybody could afford $25. And if you can't, to this day, if you are someone who cannot afford an individual membership, which today is $75, then you just send us an email or on the join page, there's a button to click on it. And we have sponsored memberships for those who cannot afford to do this. Do our memberships go all the way up to $5,000? Yes, they do. But this is not about my getting some six-figure salary and everybody else doing that. This is about creating an organization that the next time something happens and something will happen mm -hmm. it may not be a pandemic it could be another 2008 recession it it's could be, be another 9-11 mm -hmm. it could be global warming anything let's say it's a mass shooting that we've experienced who do you go to who's the association that's going to help you out that's going to be us so this is not about making money um and I can promise you this. 
for as long as I am involved in this organization, and my gut tells me they're not letting me go anywhere, <laughs> it will be about us. It will be about our industry. It will be about elevating our professionalism, elevating the respect that we get outside of our profession. It will be building awareness. It will be educating our members in a way that some of the other organizations don't. Mm -hmm. We want to educate you as business people. We don't want to educate you on what's the next trend or you know, what's, how do I entertain people? I'm leaving that to the experts. That's all of the other sister organizations that we align with. We want to talk about, do you have enough insurance? Do you know what your insurance covers? Do you have the right legal contract? Are you doing your accounting properly? Do you know how to market yourself and understand what the differences are? Um, that's the kind of stuff that we want to offer our members. And then if somebody's not a member and they want to take those courses, they can, but there'll be a fee associated with it. Um, but this is about us. This is, this is us taking care of us. Can I interject? I, I don't really, and I, I don't, I don't know that I speak for everyone, but as a business owner, I would say that I personally don't have a problem with membership fees, costs for education. I think those things are necessary to keep an organization sustaining and running and to keep it growing. Uh, and so all of that, I think makes sense. $75 a year to get the benefits that you give, which I'm going to go out on a limb and say, it's really not about the benefits. It's really about adding your name and whatever weight you have to uh, an ongoing uh, cry to get our voices heard, right? It, this is to build the momentum that's needed. That's worth $75 a year. And that's not a lot of money. And, and I'm gonna go out on another limb and say, I would also be in favor of saying there is space in the industry for an organization that truly understands the needs of event planners and is focused on those needs rather than on making a buck. And so that's the difference. One is about sustaining something and the other is about we're going to make it milk this for as much as we can, because I think we can both say and we've seen it and it's happening right now, the demise of those shows. We're seeing that happen mm -hmm. with the quality of them and uh, the care that's given in producing because what's not understood is that this is a completely different audience and the experience will be noticed and it matters. And so there's room for an organization that would want to take that on. You know, what we say is that we're the voice of the live events industry. And much like those who complain about who got elected, local, national, whatever, but then you say, well, who did you vote for? And they say, I didn't vote. <laughs> then I don't want to hear you. You have to be quiet. So I implore everybody, please become a member of the Live Events Coalition. Our numbers make 
a difference. It's not, I'm not asking you to do it. I don't want everybody to do it at $5,000. I'm not, that's not what I'm asking. But if we have 5,000 members or 10,000 members or more, those voices are louder on the hill. Mm -hmm. This is an industry with in excess of 12 million people that work mm -hmm. in this industry. That's the truck driver to the CEO and everything in between. We generate between 850 billion and $1 trillion worth of GDP on an annual basis. Our industry is larger than the automobile industry. Would you say that again? How yes. much is the GDP, please? Between 840 billion and 1 trillion. That's a B and a T and a lot of zeros. And uh, what industry are we larger than? The automobile industry. Mm -hmm. Now, mm -hmm. part of the reason that it is that they don't know who we are and it's hard to get the data on the numbers, mm -hmm. and this is part of our next battle, mm -hmm. is there's something called a NACE code. Are you familiar with your NACE code? Nope, I okay. am, but not everybody is. Correct. Go ahead. So the NACE code is on your tax return. And if you don't know what it is, open your tax return. It's on the front page on the upper left-hand corner. That is the code that when you file your taxes as an individual or a business, allows those who determine how big industries are and understand who they are, calculate who it is. <laughs> we have... 150, 250 different NACE codes. Mm -hmm. So they don't have any sense of how large we are because right. there isn't one series. So they, and they don't know how we interact and how no, we, yeah, they connect. don't have a clue. I think mine is a seven, four, one, 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 something. And I was curious when this all started, I wonder what that is. I'm apparently in the entertainment business with you guys. And I sing mm. like, yeah, that's not what I do. But my accountant didn't know what else to put me under. So part of what our future efforts are is to work with the organizations that determine what these codes are mm -hmm. so that those dollars that we've had to kind of hunt and put together through different economic information from states will just be there on a national level. Mm -hmm. They'll know it's there, but it, on a four or a five year cycle and we have missed the window to help them determine what those numbers are right go around because it's coming out again in 22 mm. doesn't mean that we've stopped that fight that's fight not. really really important right um, it's classification of our businesses and it helps them to see the enormity of the industry when we're all classified together absolutely it's Absolutely. just about that. And when we were filling out those forms to get PPP money, it you had to know what classification you were in or you weren't going to get the money. Right. So people that had no idea what yeah. that number was on their tax return now know what that number is. Right. But many of them have a hard time finding it. Here's We have a, a document that I'm happy to send you guys. Um, what it says is 
that the live events industry, it became clear to the live events industry that the relief packages built upon NACE codes did not work. Time and again, many businesses within our industry mm-hmm. were left out. Mm-hmm. Here's why. The restaurant industry has one NACE code. Starts with a 72. Now, in that 72, Mm -hmm. there are different things. I might be fast food. I might be fine dining. I might be a vendor. I might be a font, whatever it is. 72. But it's one. Mm -hmm. Right. Live Events Coalition has identified at least 20. And I can tell you that it's a whole lot more. And what's interesting is, so I'm looking at this document, and this document has them in sevens, in fives, in four. This is the NACE document, and what 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 uh, Nancy is referring to is she's seeing our codes throughout the document in different categories because that's where we, as an as a, an industry, that's where we exist, everywhere. Yep. So that's what she's pointing to, and there's no lack to one number, which helps to again uniform us as an industry and show the politicians the value of the industry, and that's why the membership numbers are just as important to the live events coalition as the $75 that you can give them. And that's why if you want to be a member and you can't afford the $75, but you write Nancy a letter, they'll take your membership because at the end of the day, it's your personage, not your money that counts more. And that's the difference with the coalition. They're really out there to advocate for us, for the industry, for what may befall us in the future so that when and if, God God forbid, this happens again, and to Nancy's point, it will because it has, we'll be better prepared and, and we'll be able to say to our elected officials who listen, they're doing the best they can. They're given information and they've got a lot of voices coming at them and it's the biggest, loudest voices. You heard her talk about Schumer and he, being, you know, uh, amazed that he only helped 8% of the population in our industry. Uh, Had he thought that it was only 8%, initially, he never would have voted for it until it included more people. That's the point of the Live Events Coalition. The bigger it becomes, the bigger our voice becomes. I'm sorry, just had to get that out. Look, I I love you. I'm going to make you my my speaker for this. because sometimes I feel like I'm on a soapbox and I've said it over and over and over again and people don't want to listen to me. Um, but I am passionate about this. I'm passionate about it for so many reasons. This has been my life for 30 years. This was not my first career. I stumbled into it. Mm-hmm. And I stumbled into where I belong. And it's exactly where I belong. It gives me joy every day. Heartache sometimes too, but it gives me joy every day. And I personally still get an adrenaline rush right before doors. The day that ends is the day I'm out. Right, right. I think what I'd like to say is that you're somebody everybody needs to know in the industry that may not necessarily until hopefully now know they need to know you because you're the conduit. And, uh, you know, I'd love to suggest that you think about um, some ambassadors that you place around the country that help 
to spread the word because I do think the geography is a bit tough. Now, I know that there are partners and people on the board that are from around the country, but initially I thought, oh, this is an East, this started on the East Coast. And, you know, Jacqueline talked about it because she mentioned when we had her on the show, she talked about it, but I didn't make the connection. I thought it was a New York-based uh, effort. So, um, you know, I, the word does need to get out. And, and for the partnership that you have with Special Event, um, I, don't, I don't hear the word trickling down the ILEA chains like they should. And to your point, the technicians and the caterers and uh, all of those other people that are not necessarily part of ILEA, but are in the, they're not gonna get touched at all. So there's, I would highly encourage that, um, really expanding the voices and getting the so word we out. Have, like I said, we have coalitions in most all of the states. There are still some states that we're missing and we're always looking for people who want to be leaders in those states. Um, and, you know, again, I have to remind myself that we're only 18 months old, even though I get frustrated that we're not, so right. not there yet. And, right. and I forget that. And in addition, people are going back to work. So it makes it really hard to stay focused. But mm. we started another alliance um, which is called the Economic Bridge Coalition. And it's yes. with additional organizations like American Rental Association. Um, and I hope Dwayne doesn't listen to this because I will forget who the other ones are. Um, but they are, other they are other associations that are vertical associations, as we mentioned earlier. So I think one is the Association of Horse Shows and... Um, it's, it's those types of things that are very narrow in their scope. Right, but have our audience. So, but they are part of live events. But the problem was is that individually, our voices were much smaller. So we've come together. We've not merged. Right. Nobody's changing their organizations, but we have come together to use our voices to reach further. Yes and to be heard in different ways. Um, California has an amazing group of young women who started the um, coalition that we have there, which is the California Event Coalition. Um, They're in the Bay Area, but they are always looking for people in the other parts of the state to get involved um, because California is way too big to only have yes. one set of leaders. Um, and, and that's really how you do it. So when you join the Live Events Coalition, what will happen is you will put your state in because you give us your address. You put your state in. We will automatically assign you to the coalition that is in that state so that you are invited to their webinars, so that you get their newsletter, so that you learn about what is going on in your state and or city. I was talking to somebody earlier today. California is a hot mess. I don't know what the, the number is about the no contractors. AB5. AB5, yeah. Like, 
85 people, that's almost as bad as Prop 13. Prop 13 killed California. So it's, it's those types of things that we can't advocate for on a national level, though AB5 is scary because it could become a national issue. Correct. Um, but what I tell people is, please get involved. Get involved locally, get involved nationally. We have a government affairs committee, we have a membership committee, we have a development committee, we have a marketing and communications committee, and we want everybody, we want people to be involved. We have a state development committee where um, Justin Ball, who is out of Colorado, leads that and their job is to bring on board new states and then also provide some liaisons from those states as an ambassadors. So there's a West Coast ambassador that's going to be able to help people with those issues and so on and so forth. So get involved. Yeah. Well, if we knew somebody in Southern California, we might be able to help you find no, someone. I, was thinking but about I, just, that. I don't know. So mm, we'll have to think about that. Yeah. Uh, we're going to sign up uh, this year. We're going to sign up individually. I'll make sure that we all do. Uh, I'm not quite sure how. Was it on the website? How do you it sign is up? It's on the website. So if you go to live events, coalition.org so live events is plural coalition.org hopefully you know right how to coalition c-o-a-l-i-t-i-o-n thank you Nancy um, <laughs> trust me I've misspelled it much .org. upper right hand corner it will say join here now for you guys I want you to look at some of the small business memberships because it may be for your organization that that's a better deal for you than everybody joining for the individual membership. Um, so absolutely, take a peek at it. There are all sorts of different ways. Um, yeah, I, I didn't mean it. it. I had something that came to mind earlier that you just mentioned. The insurance is a benefit uh, for the corporate all cor members. for everyone. There's an insurance. Yeah, there's insurance. Uh, it's not a it's not necessarily a plan, but it's a service where you can uh get a plan correct oh it is group health insurance that is under the live events coalition there are different plans for different needs because those in their 20s believe they're omnipotent those of us in our 60s know that we are not i had my shingle shot today oh see <laughs> oh my god uh, we were talking about shingles earlier but I just want to say those of us that are in our over 50s think that every time something hurts, we're going to die. It's like the complete opposite of being in your 20s. Anyway, go ahead. So basically, there are different plans for what your needs are. Again, I can't tell you whether or not they're perfect plans, but they are an option and an alternative for people who may or may not be able to get it elsewhere on the open market. Their employers don't cover them. Um, and what I want to know from everybody is what's important. From a benefit standpoint, what are you looking for? Um, we purposely didn't want to get discounts on products and things of that nature because all of our, our colleagues in the industry are able to do that. And I think that that's important. Mm -hmm. um, technically, we're not a networking organization, though I will tell you that my world has expanded 
a hundredfold. Yes. Um, there, I would never have known probably 90% of the human beings who are involved in this organization, you guys included. But it has made the world, our industry, it's made our industry so big and so small all at the same time. It's a silver lining. Mm -hmm. It's been a rough reason to get to the silver lining. Yes. But I don't, I, I have to say, I am in tremendous awe of how much you've accomplished, how much you're able to offer members, how far reaching you already are in such a short amount of time. And I think our officials need to pay attention that when you have like-minded people coming together with the uh, mission of helping others, what can actually get done? It can happen, it can get done. And you are living proof that we all need to step it up. And I'd like to just, if you don't mind me, jumping on that and saying that you have a business too. So it wasn't like you had nothing to do and you know, you're know you independently wealthy. You may be, but I don't know that. And I certainly yeah, wouldn't assume that. Okay. <laughs> so you, you're, you've developed, you've do, uh, dedicated all this time and effort to something that does not benefit your business individually or personally. It benefits your business like it benefits everybody else's business. So I just want to make that clear that you really have put in quite an investment of time and effort on behalf of everyone. And so thank you. And I am, listen, I am the cynic. I, I am the, like the world's number one cynic. I can see a fake come in my way. And this is the real deal. This is yeah. $75 is worth the advocacy. If, if you've got the $75, it's worth it. What you're adding here is your name and your efforts and your point of view behind this cause. And that's worth, I don't know what, uh, Starbucks for two months every day. I mean, really, it's not much money, $75. A small, small investment for your future. Right. You know, you think of it as kind of how, as a parent, I'm going, it's like a 529 plan. I'm going to put a small little bit in so that I can guarantee a future. And that's what this is. So I have another proposal and I know it's new and you may have already thought about this, but it's only coming to mind because I'm in a situation where I have to renew my ILEA membership. And I'm just wondering, they have a, they have their own foundation, but I would propose that this is a much better use of money. And I would say it would be nice to have a tack on to the associations of, would you like to be also be a member of the live events coalition for an additional blah, blah, blah. And then boom, it's one thing it's done. And, and then they're giving you the partnership that they need to give you because let's face it, they're getting something out of it without really doing anything. So people need to step up. I'd like to see more more brotherhood, more sisterhood there. I see you writing. I'm excited. You made me <laughs> excited. You wrote down my idea. Dang it. You write down your idea. It's a great idea. You know, I, when this first started, um, I joke, I tell people 
don't marry in the industry. <laughs> because Oops. at some point, Oops. we need, exactly, at <laughs> some point we need a steady income. Right. I have the most supportive husband on the planet. When this happened, and I hate the P word, as I think we're all kind of tired of it now, but this was my pivot. There was no question in my mind. It, I didn't think about it for a second. I knew two things, that the virtual world of events is not my world. I'm not good at technology. It wasn't gonna be the right place for me. And I had a husband who said, we'll be okay. And thank you because I made myself a W-2. I had unemployment. Right. So he did okay, right? Most of the other members of our board either worked through this and continued to work or went back to work much, much sooner than I am about to. Um, this is a labor of love. It's a labor of passion. Um, I was raised by a community social worker. Um, so my father was the same thing as what President Obama was. And when I was 13 years old and my father was laying in his bed about to pass, he looked at myself and my two brothers and he said, you are born to live for others. You are not born to live for yourself. Oh my. I have a brother who's a union organizer and I have another brother who is a um, independent documentary maker. This was my time to make a difference mm -hmm. and to jump in and say, my history is coming forth mm -hmm. to fight for something that I believe in, to fight for human beings. And that's why I did it. And it has been the hardest work I've ever done. It's been the most humbling work I've ever done and the most emotional as you can tell right now. Mm. So I'm glad that we're not on video. Um, this was what I was supposed to do. And I believe that life works in strange and mysterious ways, whether it was how we met and D'Angelo looked at me and said, so how long have you known? I'm like, an hour. <laughs> there are things that just happen and are meant to be. Um, and look, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to create and tell a story again. Um, and that doesn't mean that I'm going to stop telling this story. But we have to tell a story together. It can't be done with just a few people. Um, the other thing, and I don't know if I said this because it's very, very, very important. We are a nonpartisan organization. My personal political beliefs are my personal political beliefs. They have nothing to do with the Live Events Coalition. We don't care if you are a Republican, a Democrat, an Independent, a Green Party. It doesn't, doesn't matter. No. Because this issue is not about politics. This issue is about people and it's about small businesses and independent workers and sole proprietors that hold this country up on a daily basis. Without us, it's a big hit. Mm -hmm.
Thank you for saying that, Nancy, because if you do think about the difference in people that one event utilizes, it's everybody under the sun, politically, religiously, spiritually, color, gender, orientation, one event can amass all of that and bring them together for the common good of making an event happen, even when it's the trickle down. Like you said, it's the farmer who gets the food that gets to the caterer, right? That so all of it. So we are, we are in all of our glorious differences, we are all one and we need to start treating each other that way. You know, um, to both your points, it's about finding commonalities yeah. and not differences. And uh, that's how this great country made it this far is finding the commonalities uh, among us, not the differences. And so if we can continue or change the way we've been thinking uh, as of late, then maybe we have a chance, right? Tell us one more time where to go to become a member of the Live Events Coalition. www.liveevents, E-V-E-N-T-S, coalition, C-O-A-L-I-T-I-O-N.org. Now, before we let you go, Miss Nancy Schaefer, we didn't get to talk to you at all about what you do. So I think we have to have her back, D'Angelo, because there's so many questions that I have, but we talked about what was important today. But we do want to have a little bit more fun with you before we let you go. So would you play a little game with us called This or That? Sure. Have you played this before? I have not. I feel like I'm on um, Andy Cohen's TV show where, what is it, Truth or Dare? I'm, oh. I'm getting a little nervous. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. We won't, we won't, we, well, we will ask you to reveal some things about yourself, but, but we won't, uh, we, we'll keep it very, very, very limited to what we ask you to reveal. So I'll just basically ask you, do you like this or do you like that? Do you prefer this or do you prefer that? And you tell us, and there are 10 of them. Okay. And uh, you can say, one time you can say, I wouldn't like either of those. Okay. And one time you can say, ooh, I'd like both. Okay. Okay. Yep. Number one, lighting the steps or lighting the talent? Considering the fact that I'm having a conversation with an entertainment company, I feel obligated to say the entertainment. <laughs> but is there a button there? There is a but. And the but is I believe an event starts the minute you step out of your car. So if I illuminate the front of the building, I'm already building my excitement. Okay. But I will always light talent. Okay. So I'm getting a both. I'm getting a both. Is that true? I would, yeah. If you're if you're professional, you you know, you probably say both. Yeah. Yeah, it's both. Okay. I figured there's gonna be 10 both coming up, you, but let's go. Let's see you if just I can you just proved it. your you just proved your uh your weight here. Okay, number two, martini or margarita? Martini. Mm. Yes. Number three, conference center ballroom or off-site venue? Off-site venue. Okay, number four, Ferris wheel or roller coaster. No. Oh my God, there's so much hesitation. You know what it is? Uh, um, 
I like the concept of roller coasters, but I close my eyes on them. <laughs> and when I open my eyes, it's over. Um, to get a nap. Say, say again? You get a nap. Yeah, right. That's, yeah. I don't think that's what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> I have probably Ferris wheel. Okay, that's fair. Uh, the White House or the Capitol building? The Capitol building. Insurrection or resurrection? Resurrection. <laughs> <laughs> Popcorn or black truffle chips? <laughs> Popcorn. Those black truffle chips were the most disgusting thing I have ever eaten. Never again. Pool cabana or beachside? Beachside. The City of Angels or the Big Apple? The Big Apple. Mm, see, D'Angelo, the Big Apple, just as we thought. Last one, belly rubs or sleepy cuddles? Sleepy cuddles. Yeah. <laughs> What's his name? My puppy? Or yes. My <laughs> <laughs> Wait, wait, let's see how far we can take this. The one you take for a walk. His name is Archie. And I will tell you the story why Archie's name is Archie. My husband is English. He was born and raised in a place called Bristol. And he said, I want to name the dog Archie. And I'm like, okay. And he said, I want to make name it after Archibald Leach. And I'm like, okay. Archibald Leach was born and raised in the Bristol, UK. And Archibald Leach came to this country and became Cary Grant. Yep. Yep. That's exactly right. So that would be why our dog is called Archie. I love that story. I love that story. Nancy, Aww. thank you so much for joining us today. And uh, it's been a delight. It's been also very fascinating to hear about what the Live Events Coalition is doing. LiveEventsCoalition.org, become a member. And on behalf of those of us in California who will be members, Mm -hmm. We will be doing this. Uh, we are adding our names to the fight and uh, also our efforts as well. So reach out and put us in contact with whomever and we'll do what we can as another small little business. We'll add our names and our efforts for sure. I am so delighted that I've never met a stranger mm -hmm. um, or we would not have connected. My husband tells me all the time, I don't know how you meet all these people. And I'm like, I say hello. That's it. <laughs> um, so I want to thank you guys. I want to thank you for your enthusiasm, um, your support for bringing me on to this lovely podcast. It's the perfect way to start a week. Um, and I'm happy to thank come you. back anytime. Thank you. Thank you. We'll have you back. We'll, we're going to make good on that. All right. And I just want to say thank you for being one of those beautiful souls who sees the world bigger and beyond their own shadow we yes. need more people like you nancy and as a mom we really really need more people like you so thank you keep thank bringing you. the light forward keep bringing it forward thank you well that was great to talk with nancy schaefer from the live events coalition and also from bravo events mm -hmm. in dc we didn't talk at all about that but we will we'll have her back because She's a consummate planner as well. 
Uh, so that's it for us today. Hey, if you're uh, listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please leave us five stars. And wherever you're listening to us, please tell your friends to listen too. We can use your friends listening. And if you'd like to leave a uh, comment or criticism, just go to bolotta.com. That's B-O-L-L-O-T-T-A.com. Look for the podcast tab and look for the spot to put in your words use your words <laughs> miss alex uh in snellville this evening yes. y'all have some good 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 fried chicken waiting for you at the table i hope well not fried chicken darling but we're gonna have some good old sicilian meatballs and some spaghetti and some good maybe garlic bread and mm-hmm. some, i mean i'll teach these seven is what uh, real food is Mm-hmm. You do that. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, I guess that's it. We say goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.